What's going on, everybody? I'm Two Tone the Artist. And I'm Mitch the Peach. Welcome back to the Hills Are Silent podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is where we chop it up about the games of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Let's roll into it, guys. All right, so, Mitch, I know I've talked about these games on some older episodes. Mm-hmm. Now this, unfortunately, this just goes into having a busy life and not being able to spend as much time playing video games as I'd like. But I finally finished Tomb Raider, the 2013 game. I had started playing it on PlayStation 3, where I mainly just played the multiplayer, which very surprisingly, people are still playing online on PlayStation 3 on this game that came out in 2013. And then I ended up switching over to playing it on PlayStation 4 because they have a definitive edition and the game is essentially re-released on PlayStation 4 with better resolution, better frame rate, and I think a little bit of other things have been tweaked, like maybe the, the actual model of Lara Croft has been upgraded some, but for the most part, it's just a higher resolution, higher frame rate, better way to play. So, cranked through the campaign on PlayStation 4, and this was a great game. I had had an opportunity to play this game when it first came out, and I think I only ever got through like the very beginning, and I regret not sitting through and finishing it all those years ago. But the beautiful thing about video games is they stick around for a long time, typically, and here we are 10 years later, and I've finally played through the campaign. Uh, the obvious comparison I would give this game is Uncharted. You can definitely tell the, de- the developers, Crystal Dynamics, were, were looking at what Uncharted was doing, and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, we're going to mimic that, see what works in Uncharted, and kind of bring that into this reboot of Tomb Raider. So... I would say if you like Uncharted, you're definitely going to like Tomb Raider. And in some regards, it's better, but not in every regard. But anyway, it was a fun game. It was much longer than I expected. The combat was super smooth. The story was good. kind of is like the origin story. I guess it's like a prequel to the old Tomb Raider games because it kind of shows the first tombs, Lara Croft. Rated, and yeah, it was cool. The only my only criticisms are the the level design. The level design's awesome, but it's not realistic at all. The whole time, so yeah, the, the plot of the game is you crash land on this island, and there's some supernatural force that can control the weather, and basically anybody that gets trapped on this island is stuck here for life. So there's this whole band of survivors that are already living on this island and they are kind of turned in kind of kind of turning feral almost like a Lord of the Flies situation and oh. they're so desperate to get off this island that they are looking for a sacrifice to to this essentially like god I guess that is what's keeping everybody on the island. So she's stuck in a, in a, a, in a corpse 
And if they can give her a sacrifice that she can transfer into, then they're hoping by appeasing her that she will let them leave the island. Interesting. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of the plot of it. And then you get trapped there, and then you have to harden yourself up to fight off these these crazy guys. And then, obviously, there's some supernatural elements. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, the level design, it's it's bombastic, tons of explosions and crazy stuff and these huge fortresses. But the whole time I'm playing, I'm like, there's no way that all these guys that have been trapped on this island built all this stuff, like these crazy contraptions. Like, it's just... It's totally unrealistic, but I was able to suspend my disbelief because it made for fun levels, not necessarily realistic environments. Yeah, I was going to ask if if I liked Uncharted, which is one of my favorite series, actually, if I'd like these. And I do own all of these, and so I think Epic Game Store gave them all away at one point, so maybe I maybe I dive in and give the first one a try. Yeah, I've heard they've only got. I've heard the sequels only got better, so I'm definitely gonna play the next one. Nice. And I'll let you know the difference because the next one. So this one was released on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, but the one after it, which I believe is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, was actually PlayStation 4, Xbox One exclusive. Mm. Like it was that generational jump to the next next platforms. So I think that they had more power to work with. Uh, but yeah, I recommend third one it. Is, is the third one Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, it is. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, good game. And the other thing that I finished up this week was Inversion, which, again, is a game. another game I think I started at the same time that I started Tomb Raider, which was quite a while ago. <laughs> and this is basically a... Gears of War clone. It released on Xbox 360, PC, and I believe it's on PlayStation 3 as well. And it's made in the Unreal Engine, so it uses the same game engine that the original Gears of War used. And basically, they they copied everything, like the the cover mm-hmm. mechanics. Just the game plays almost identical to Gears of War. It's almost like a a reskinned Gears of War, like a a full conversion mod or something. At least that's how it plays. But it has its own plot. Uh, it's not it's not as good as Gears, but if you are this feeling nostalgic for some old Gears of War style gameplay, and you have already played through the original Gears trilogy like a million times, I could recommend this one. Uh, it started out really promising. The story's pretty cool. The The game mechanics, it's called Inversion because in the game, their whole gimmick is you can control gravity. So you have two different gravity settings. You have low gravity and high gravity. So you use low gravity to shoot at enemies and then they'll raise up from behind their cover and be floating in the air like, oh, no, no, no. And then you can shoot them out the air. Uh, but you got to be careful because the enemies can do the same to you and suck you right out of cover. And the the high gravity, like when you're fighting big bosses and monsters, you shoot that and it like sucks them to the ground. So it gives you an opportunity to, to shoot them. And there's parts and levels where you'll jump, you'll jump from, from one gravity plane to another. So all of a sudden the whole level will go sideways or upside down or something. It's... It's pretty neat, and 
there's tons of physics at play, like stuff is constantly floating in the air. You might jib an enemy and blow them into little bits, and then they get stuck in one of the gravity warps, and then their body parts are all floating up in the globs of blood and chunks of barrels and crates and all kinds of stuff. There is a lot of cool game mechanics around using the gravity, but I don't know, I kept just falling back to just wanting to shoot the enemies. Like just my my third person shooter instinct, I just kept forgetting about the gravity stuff. And this this game is built to be co-op. But I was playing this on Xbox 360 and nobody is online anymore. I mean, this is a dead game. I don't even think, I don't even know if the servers are still up. So I was forced to play by myself. But even when you play in single player, they always have the other player being computer controlled. So you always have a guy with you, but typically it's supposed to be a human player in co-op. So throughout the game, he's like reminding me, he's like, use your gravity gun, use your gravity powers, use your gravity powers to get past this puzzle, use your gravity powers in this way to defeat this boss. And after a while, I was just like, man, I just kind of just want to shoot him. Like, uh. <laughs> and sometimes all those different mechanics came together and worked beautifully. And it's a very gory game, so there's tons of blowing heads off, blowing limbs off, which I absolutely love. But at other times, things just clashed and did not go together well. Because at its heart, it's a cover shooter like Gears of War. But when you got enemies like on other planes of the wall and, and all kinds of stuff, like the cover, and the cover is destructive. So it's just kind of like... Am I trying to play it as a cover shooter? Because if I don't, I'm going to get killed in like two shots because you die almost instantly in this game. But at the same time, it's like you can't run and gun, but I don't know. It just, some levels were not well balanced and things just kind of clashed. And there was a lot of instances where I would load right out of a cutscene and immediately die. It's like cutscene ends and you're like bombarded. And that happens so many times throughout the game. And that, that is like the most frustrating thing ever. So, yeah, I was, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was looking at the uh, Steam screen sh shots and it, it really makes it look like it's supposed to be a cover shooter, though. Like it looks like they're always like in cover doing a Gears of War style hiding behind something. And yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that you said that you're still dying pretty quick undercover. <laughs> yeah, it's th there's just too many moments that were just extremely frustrating. And some levels seemed like, wow, they really put thought into their whole gravity mechanics and then just the flow of the game. And other levels just seemed like they were just trying stuff and it may have clashed. It clashes with all their game mechanics, but you know it was a level anyway and a lot of the boss fights were not fun they absolutely rely on you using your gravity powers and then sometimes i just like with gears of war sometimes i just like a big giant spongy enemy that i gotta run around and just shoot a bunch of times right. i don't like having to sit there and wait for an enemy to be like in some vulnerable position then i gotta throw something at it with my gravity and that's like the only way to kill it and at the same time they're sending a thousand little annoying enemies at me it's just uh and the irritating part is when you're only playing with a computer ai opponent or teammate mm -hmm. they will not do the 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 gravity stuff necessary to kill the bosses so when it's just you it's all on you and this game is designed for both of you to be attacking that boss at the same time with these mechanics so the boss fights on single player 
were way more difficult than they needed to be. And some of them I played like 20 times in a row before I beat them. So, but anyway, having said all that, the game looks amazing, even all these years later. And I'm I'm saying that as, as me playing it on Xbox 360. So it really reminded me how powerful the Xbox 360 console is and how it really has some beautiful games. The frame rate was not the best. And really, if I were to recommend this game to anybody, I would say get it on Steam because it is still on Steam and I'm pretty sure it goes on sale for like 2 or $3. The only downside is the multiplayer, it, the servers have been shut down, but you can still play co-op on PC through LAN, local area network, mm. or uh, you can use those tunneling programs that allow you to fake a local area network so you can still play with somebody else over the internet and trick the game into thinking you're both in a local area network. So you still, there is ways to get around the servers being shut down to where you can still play through this game in co-op. And then on PC, you have the added bonus of better resolution. The game's going to run in 60 frames per second, which would make it a lot easier because on Xbox, I mean, this was like dipping into the 20s frames per second while I was playing it. Uh, so yeah, really PC would be the best way to go. Oh, lastly, the weird thing about the Xbox 360 version is even though it's a completely co-op like built game, there's no local co-op, which is so weird to me because it's it's obviously built off the same technology of Gears of War and Gears of War had local co-op. So I wonder why they weren't able to do it with this game. Hmm. That is interesting. I'm I'm reading some of the Steam reviews, and they've pretty much hit everything that you've gone over. Uh, a lot of people are refunding it because the co-op doesn't work anymore, but Steam is still saying the co-op works. Um, other than that, just uh, a lot of people saying the Gears work alone, but not as good. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the best way to sum it up. But people, the co-op does work, man. Come on, you just got it. Just takes a little more work on your part, but you can get it to work. You can get any co-op game on Steam that has local area network support to be online. There is software that allows you to do that. So just because the servers went down, as long as the game supports LAN, you, there's still if there's a will, there's a way. You can still play it online. Even uh, that little bit of work is too much work for some people, though. <laughs> I guess, man. I'm sorry. You got to spend like ten more minutes installing some land tunneling software but same thing with um with lost planet 2 those servers have long been shut down but you can still play that co-op if you use a um tunneling software on memories with the original lost planet yeah um but anyway the last thing i'm gonna say is even though i'm recommending it on pc when i tried i have this on on steam but the issue i was running into is this game would just crash and crash and crash and I could not get it to me and my buddy were trying to play it on co-op and it just kept on crashing on me. But that was years ago. That was a different CPU, different computer build. It might have been just a compatibility issue with my hardware. Some other people in the Steam forums were reporting crashing issues. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can get through that. But just be aware of that if you're trying to play it on PC or want to get it on PC. So, yep. Uh, Mitch, you were telling me the other day that 
Actually, we were both just discussing really hard games. We were. And we've been playing an old game that we'll talk about on another episode that has all of that old game difficulty. No hand-holding. You better figure this stuff out on your own or die repeatedly. Now, some people are sadists, and they love playing games like Dark Souls and uh, Elden Ring and all that stuff, which are designed on purpose to be really difficult games. But even before those games... Older games typically were just more difficult. So we thought that it'd be a good idea to put together a list of either pre-Dark Souls games that were just very difficult or maybe just other games that are brutal. Brutal difficulty is built into their DNA. Mm -hmm. So Mitch, I'll let you jump it off. What is some games that you've struggled with and just been murdered repeatedly by. Yeah, I think I took more of the uh, the newer approach than uh, than you did. Some of these are did come out post uh, Dark Souls games, but I still think are very difficult. But this first one actually predates Dark Souls, I believe, and it is Ninja Gaiden Two. And the Ninja Gaiden series in general, I think, was always known for being a little more difficult. It's uh, more of like an action adventure hack and slash developed by Team Ninja. Very fitting name for a publisher or for a developer. Then published by Microsoft Game Studios. Ninja Gaiden 2 was actually a 360 exclusive for a long time. And then I think finally got uh, remade or remastered. And uh, I think it was put on PlayStation eventually. But I know you're talking about before I get to the difficulty part, you were talking about how you like games that are very um, almost gory or more like it. You really feel it when you're shooting those those enemies. I mean, they're getting dismembered or whatnot. But this one, this is Ninja Gaiden series. Definitely that. Uh, so reuse the main character and essentially he can sever their limbs. He can tear their bodies apart. His his body and his like, you know, it and his weapons are like covered in blood like for being a 360 game from me remembering it like really gory but like in in the best way possible <laughs> uh but going to the difficulty portion i was a broke college kid at the time when i played this and i was just looking for a cheap game at gamestop and i was like oh, okay but i messed around with the original ninja gaiden i'll uh i'll dive into this second one and man, I, I think I only paid probably eight dollars for it. But man, it was the hardest. I I earned every bit of that eight dollars I put into that game because it was difficult. And I think it, the reason why it was difficult it was just they had so many enemies that came out came at you in like so intricate ways. I guess that it was just hard for. It almost reminded me of like Devil May Cry games as well, where it's just. You know, you've got to be really skilled to get through these levels. And I'm, you know, I feel like I'm a very skilled gamer, but I was just not on par, even on the normal difficulties with this one. And reading a lot of the forums and whatnot, they did say that in this game is probably one of the more difficult Ninja Gaidens that they that they've created. Um, but I want to go to the funny part. So, like, I was having a really difficult time with this. Like, I was dying over and over again. I couldn't get past these enemies or the bosses or whatnot. And then I stumbled upon, I guess, Xbox 360 has an invincibility glitch. Hmm. And 
I wanted to, I'm a big achievement hunter. I like getting the achievements on games. So I didn't want to put in like a cheat code of any sort at that point in time, because if you put cheat codes in most games, they nullify you getting Xbox achievements. So instead I did a workaround and noticed there was this invincibility glitch of sorts that you could do that helped me get through levels when there was just so many enemies that I couldn't get through that I needed to find a way to get by them. And so I actually still found the uh, the exact glitch and what you had to do. So basically, you all you had to do was you press up on the D-pad, you go to the weapon select, you choose a different weapon, but press A and B instead. It was like a big button combo in the menu. And then you become invincible, but you can only use one move. You can't you can't attack like or any, I guess there's only like the it's like a guillotine throw that you can do. And that was the only move you could do while you were in that invincibility glitch. So you couldn't just like go through and keep slashing and nobody could hurt you. You really had to be strategic with it almost. So while I, I feel like I was cheating the game a little bit, I also felt like it was still difficult because I had to bounce between being in that glitch and then being out of that glitch and actually killing people. So it it was kind of wild, but I ended up beating it based on that. I don't think I would have beat it without it. So I'm not sure. Have you played any of the, the Ninja Gaidens, Mike? Yeah, I played... I've only ever played the first one on the original Xbox. And what's interesting to me about Team Ninja is they have a history of re-releasing their games. They'll tweak them slightly and then re-release them. So on the original Xbox, there was Ninja Gaiden, which that was the one I played. And then apparently they tweaked some things in the game and then re-released it as Ninja Gaiden Black. And I think it might be some difficulty balances, maybe like a new, I don't know, a few new weapons or something. They, they do change things around. So it's almost like they changed their mind. They're like, yeah, could have done this better, could have done this better. And then they re-release it. And Ninja Gaiden 2 was no different. Uh, it was originally released on Xbox 360 and had all that delicious gore as you mentioned Mm -hmm. where you could chop people up into bits and then when they ported the game over to playstation 3 they changed some things and i believe they got rid of a lot of the gore so yeah that's interesting i did see that they ported it over to playstation and it did did just like you said they just did a little bit of tweaking here and there and then re-released it yeah, so and, and each, part, the Xbox 360 version and the PlayStation 3 version have both have pros and cons, so it's hard to say like what is what is the definitive version that you should play. Mm-hmm. But I think I would play the 360 version just for the gore. Uh, yeah, and I think they re-released the first game. So they had Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden Black when they re-released it, and then I think they re-released the first game as Ninja Gaiden Sigma on PlayStation 3 as well, with even further refinements. So there's like so many different versions out there of the Ninja Gaiden games. And even with Ninja Gaiden 3, they had Ninja Gaiden 3 and then Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge was released after that. So I don't know. And then there's a big debate on whether the changes actually make the game better or worse. So I don't know. Maybe you just have to play through them all and then make up your own mind. But yeah... Ninja Gaiden is brutally difficult. I never was able to finish the first one. Uh, me and my buddy rented it multiple times and tried and tried and tried. And we just could not finish that game. 
yeah, I was not expecting. I I'd never. I don't think I'd ever played one until two, and I did not expect how difficult it was. And being a stubborn gamer as I am, when I get a certain amount of time into the game, I want to finish it. I can't just be like, no, I'm not going to put it down. It's just it's hard, and I I don't want to. I have to beat it. I'm just I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I think for me, it's once I'm about a third through a game. At that point, I'm committed. I'm gonna finish this thing. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a great example is you playing the version here, where you say you died twenty plus times on one portion, but still kept going through it. Oh yeah, this this past couple of days when I was playing it, I was like, I was so yeah. The later levels are the more infuriating ones. And I was just like, oh, my God. I knew I only had like two or three levels left. I'm like, I just got to get through this. I'm not going to not beat this. I have to beat it. I'm not going to get 90% through the game and not finish it. But at the same time, I just wanted to rage quit so many times while playing that. Yeah, that would be aggravating. 90% through and not being able to finish it, would yeah, that would piss me off so much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that is, uh, that's Ninja Gaiden 2. I, I enjoyed... The game itself, I enjoy the franchise. I think they do a good job with it. I'd like to see a new one if they would ever make one. I don't know what they're working on these days. I've not really paid attention, but uh, I know they've been doing more re-releases as well, as you can see on the Steam page, I think. Yeah, they re-released like the whole trilogy as, um, as the Master Collection not that long ago. Uh, I think Team Ninja... I think now they're making the... Are they Hellblade? Now? No, I think now they're making. Okay, so they were known for Ninja Gaiden, Dead or Alive. They were okay, on yeah. All those million and one Dead or Alive games, and then Neo. I think there's. That's the the game oh, they're making Neo. now. Neo one and Neo two. <laughs> so they transitioned from making hard ninja games to now making hard samurai games. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and Neo is like very Dark Souls like. Yeah, which is funny because to me, yeah, Ninja Gaiden was kind of like the precursor to Dark Souls, and then Dark Souls came out, and now Team Ninja is kind of mimicking Dark Souls with, with Neo. And it looks like they just, that new game that just came out um, a few weeks ago, Wulong Fallen Dynasty, Oh yeah, is their latest game. game. So yeah, they, these... Hack and slashes have been their bread and butter for a long time. Yeah, they're there's somebody who knows what uh, what's good for them, and they uh, they stick with it and they do it well. Yeah, man, I really oh. have not been following that Wu Long Fallen Dynasty. Um, hmm. There was a lot of people playing it when it came out on Twitch, uh, streaming it, and it is on Game Pass. So I might give it a run after uh, I oh, did a is? few other things. Okay, it is. Got it was good a day reviews. one Game Pass. Anyway, getting kind of off topic. Uh, good choice yeah. for Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I totally would have picked that one too. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad we. I'm glad we went through their uh, their list of games. Though there's some there's some throwbacks on here. But uh, yeah, I'm going to more newer times after Dark Souls games, but still what I consider very tough games. Uh, the next one is Cuphead, and Cuphead. Man, I I want to love this game so much, and I and I do. It's just the difficulty always has me putting this down and then not picking it back up for months. 
And Cup Cuphead is a side-scrolling level-based platformer. And it's I mean the platformers they really pay homage to the platformers of older times, you know, the Mario Brothers and whatnot. Uh it's developed it's created by uh, Studio MDHR and uh essentially levels are split between running gun levels or more of just like the the traditional platforming side scrolling shooting your way through a level almost contra-esque and then the others are boss levels which boss levels are just they just put you into a level and it's just you against a boss and they have all these crazy mechanics and they're firing stuff at you all the time incredibly difficult but you move you move across levels like you're in mario brothers where you're hitting certain spots hitting certain checkpoints um and there's three different difficulty levels for each each time you go into a level whether it's a boss battle or just a standard running gun level it's either simple regular or expert and me thinking that like i'm a i'm a gamer i can at least do regular and be good at <laughs> and like complete it no it's it's incredibly difficult and playing by yourself i thought it would be better than playing you can play local co-op there's no online co-op but there's local co-op and i used to play with my roommate here or there when i had one and i always get upset at him because i thought i was better than him at the game <laughs> and i thought he was bringing me down that's the reason why i wasn't beating these levels oh well let me ask you this about that do you share lives with your teammate so no you don't share lives they have we each have our own life pool um but the enemies are harder if you play in co-op than if you were to play solo so bosses take less times to hit them to take them out enemies take less hits during the run and gun sections to take them out as well but when you're in these running gun levels like if you're ahead of your teammate, obviously being a side scroller, like you can't go farther than you can't go off screen while your teammate lags behind. You got to be together in sync the whole time, which kind of creates some issues on those levels. And then with the bosses taking more, uh, needing to take more hits to take them out, that also is tough if your teammate's not carrying their weight, I guess. But as far as the lives, that's, I definitely wanted to go into that as well. There's infinite lives, unlike other platformers like mario brothers if you lose lives obviously you start i mean you start all the way over on the on the world but in this game you can die as many times as you want but you have to restart the whole level over you never have to restart a whole world or a whole portion of the map over but with that being said even with the unlimited lives quote unquote it still is tough. <laughs> I can't beat the level in general, so it doesn't matter if I have to restart an entire world or just that level. It's still incredibly difficult because I'm. you do have a life pool while you're inside the level, and I think you can only get hit three times, and if you get hit three times in a level, you die and you start over. So you kind of have to be pretty perfect in some of these levels, and it, it takes multiple tries to like understand, especially boss battles, they all have very different mechanics. They all have different stages of their boss battles. There's usually three stages to every boss. Like they'll they'll change it up and they'll evolve into something else and they'll do some some other crazy mechanic that I wasn't expecting. Like, oh crap, what's going on here? So it, it's definitely a lot to to master it and to memorize what's going to happen. And but I, I will say the game itself though is a amazing incredible the best art style i've like ever seen in a game 
all of the characters and bosses and whatnot are all hand drawn, which I think is really cool. That kind of dates back to almost like the Tom and Jerry cartoons. It really reminds me of. So I think it's like it's super cool concept. Like the it it's super smooth gameplay. It's just I'm with platformers are hit and miss for me. Sometimes I'm good at them. Sometimes I'm not. And this one I am not good at. And I really want to keep playing it because I want to see more of the art style and more of the boss mechanics. And, you know, because they a lot of the bosses from what I've seen, like watching Twitch or whatnot, they have some really cool designs. And I, I want to do play that, but I can't even get past the first, you know, the first few levels. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's an impressive game to watch, and it's really popular in the speedrun community. And like watching people actually just like cruise through this game, I'm just like, how can like I can't even get through it after I play a level like six times trying to you know memorize the mechanics. And yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild though. It's it's a lot of fun. I wish there was online co-op. That's my only gripe about it. But I think with how smooth you have to be with mechanic wise, I don't know if they want to add an online co-op aspect that could be a little i don't know a little laggy or a little on delay i'm not i'm not sure but yeah so what console were you playing this on pc uh xbox yeah it was a i think it released originally only on xbox it was like a timed exclusive and then they brought it to steam so i believe it's only xbox and steam so steam does have this feature called remote play together Yes. Where a game, if a game only has local co-op, you can, just like I was talking about earlier where, with Inversion, where you can find a workaround to still play online, Steam actually offers something called Steam uh, Remote Play Together, where you can join someone else's game as if you were playing on the same system and actually play local co-op games over multiplayer. But, like you said... The concern there is then latency lag, like how much of a delay is there in order to do that? Because you're pressing a button and it's having to send that signal across the internet all the way to your buddy's computer to act as that second player as if you were there locally. So something like this that's like you have to be super precise would probably be really hard to play with that. Yeah, I messed around with that remote play, not with this game, but with other games that I guess do take a little more precision. And yeah, I don't think there'd be any way that you could complete this under that remote play. As, as much as I would want that to work, I think you need something a little different. Yeah. But hey, maybe they've flirted with like adding co-op to it eventually, so maybe they at some point add a feature in the future, but... A really fun game, really great art style. I, as I've said on many podcasts, I'm a sucker for good art style. So I really am, I'll keep picking this game up every couple months and trying it again to see if I'm any better than I was in the past. And I probably won't be. And then I'll put it down again. But <laughs> great game. Uh, and then quickly, I'll go through my third one because it's my favorite one on the list and one that I've actually sunk in a quite a bit of time to and really need to go back to it at this point now that I think about it. And uh, this one is called Hollow Knight. And another one of those platformers that, you know, with a lot of uh, a lot of inspiration to the Metroids, to some of the Zeldas and like Mega Man games, it, it's very much pays homage to some of those Metro Metroidvania style games. 
Uh, it came out in 2017, published by an independent developer named Team Cherry. They're actually coming out with uh, Hollow Knight 2 very shortly, I believe. I mean, it's 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 at least at the finish line to getting released, I want to say. But Hollow Knight, as I said, it's a Metroidvania-style platformer. And there's a few things that make this difficult. I've picked it up twice. I own it on Nintendo Switch, and I played it there first. I didn't... I, I love the game, but I don't like Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controllers. And with, like, a precise platformer Metroidvania-style game, it's really not the best place for it, I don't think. Um, I didn't have a Pro controller at that point. But... I'm playing it now, or when I was picking it up again on Xbox One or Xbox Series X. And I like playing it on there a lot. Because obviously, as we've talked about, the Xbox controller is elite. It's great. So I played it on there, and I, I think I'm a lot better on there than I was on my Switch. But there's a couple things that make this really difficult and kind of why I've never finished it, even though I've picked it up multiple times. The map of the game is huge. I mean, with a lot of Metroidvania-style games, there always is a huge map that you're having to get through, and there's puzzle solving to get to certain points of the map that you originally can't get to, or maybe you pick up a certain power-up or certain weapon that can, like, get you through to another portion of the map. Well, in this game, you can't see any of the map, or it won't show up until you go and find the cartographer or whatever it is, and you have to buy the map from him. So you have to find him and you have to buy the map and then it will reveal the map and show you where just where outlines of places are that you can go, but it doesn't specifically tell you where you need to go. So it's very, it's very rough as far as where you need to go at certain times throughout the entire game. And on top of that, you can't see where you are on the map unless you get a perk and take up a slot in your perk to show where you are on the map. So it, it, otherwise, you just have to assume you're in a certain location and move through the map. But I, I always put the <laughs> that perk on that shows where I am on the map because there's no way I would be able to get through it otherwise. Hmm. So that's portion number one that's tough as far as just getting around and navigating through the game and getting where you need to go because it's it's huge there's so many areas within it yeah it just shows the so map platforming on, it just showed the map in the video i was watching and yeah whoa <laughs> yeah and the fact that you have to get you have to find the cartographer and buy multiple maps from him in each section of the game so if you go to a new area it's again kind of like you know a lot of maybe even resident evil style games like you you can't see where you are until you find the map but it's just so immense and the platforming is so precise. You really need to know where you are so you can figure out, you know, where to go next and you don't waste your time, you know, platforming in certain areas that you don't need to be at at the time. The other thing, aside from the ginormous map, is dying can really set you back in the game and it's unfortunate. So the currency in the game is called Geo. You use Geo to upgrade, to buy to buy badge upgrades, which one of those badges, like I said, is the one that shows where you are on the map. But there's other ones that can really help you defeat enemies or make them more powerful and do other things and whatnot. Uh, or like get more life or a multitude of things. But if you die, and it's pretty easy to die, 
<laughs> you can you lose all that geo. And when you lose all that geo and you die, there's something called a shade that appears in its place. So the sh it's a shade of your body that you now have to go and back to where you die. And so with the with the difficulty of the map, it's hard to get back to that area. And you have to kill that shade to get your body back, essentially, and get all your money back. Mm. Otherwise, you just lose everything and you don't. And if you die again, your shade's gone and you just lose everything. Die. So they do give you like one try. They're like, hey, you died. You can go find your shade and kill it and get everything back. But if you die again, your shade's gone and you lost everything. Day. They do have banks in the game, so you can you can deposit that geo into banks, but it's also hard to find banks. And then you gotta remember where the bank is after you deposit the money into it. And so it's it's just difficult, a combination of difficulty with finding where you need to go, the difficulty of both platforming, defeating bosses, and just staying alive in general. It it's tough. Go ahead. Is it if you leave an area and come back, are all the enemies respawned? Yes. Oh my god. <clears throat> That's... Yeah, which is also annoying because if you don't know where you're going and you kill some enemies and leave an area but accidentally be like oh i shouldn't go here and come back they're all back again uh that's never been a game mechanic i liked and that's one thing that's always kind of turned me off in the dark souls games uh i remember the first time the first dark souls game i played was bloodborne okay or dark souls style game or whatever you know made by sure. from software and yeah i remember going through the first level and making it a point to kill every enemy. And then when I finally left the area and came back and saw that they were all back alive, I was like, what? So you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I did all that for nothing. Well, not all right. that for nothing. I mean, I got, got all the, the money and XP from killing them. But still, I was just like, oh, dude. Why? The only good thing... <laughs> The only good thing in this one, though, when enemies respawn back, is some of them are really easy to kill. And in order to get your... You have a certain amount of, I guess, lives or damage you can take. I think it's like maybe... Depending on where you are in the game, it's like four or five like hits and then you die. But if you hit enemies, you like you build up a pool of like a life source almost. It's like in the, if you're looking at the video, it's in the top left corner. You can see like there's like a ball, like a ball of like life source or whatnot and every time you hit an enemy you gain some of that and then after you gain enough of that you can use like a charge up almost where your where your character just starts charging up and getting all his life back hmm. so that's the only benefit to like enemies respawning all the time maybe if i want to like I'm, I'm about to die but i just want to hit some easy enemies so i can get my life back real quick so i don't die i can kind of go back and forth in, a, in an area that i know is easy and and get my life back real quick Got it. So, have you finished this game? No, I think I've probably gotten halfway through, and it's one of those where, like, I'm I I know I need to. It's still installed on my hard drive. I need to go back to it, but like, it's sometimes if you put it down for too long and come back, you forget where you are, you forget what you've done, and then it's like I almost have to start all the way over because I don't I don't know where I've been and what I've <laughs> done already. Yeah, yeah. Certain games like that, there's no coming back to them. You have to sit there and just that's that's going to be the game you're playing. Yep. 
but then you, I get frustrated with it because you know that I, I don't know where I'm going when even when I do play the game all the way through or try to play it all the way through and then or I die somewhere frustrating and my shade is across the map and I have to go find that shade to get all my money back but I may die along the way like it, it it's Metroidvania style games and game you know in Metroid in general you know back in the day they're they're built tough you know <laughs> you got you got to be resilient yeah and I'm looking at how long to beat.com and yeah the main story averages 26 and a half hours and for a completionist run it's like over 60 hours yeah so, so here's it's what's not a short retroidvania game <laughs> here's what's confusing me so on steam there's only one dlc listed hollow knights gods and nightmares um but when i'm on Wait, is this? Is this so? A... There's Hollow Knight Void Heart Edition, which I believe has everything in it. Okay, yeah, this. And this... I'm not really certain about their DLC, to be honest with you. This Gods and Nightmares actually just looks like a soundtrack. That's weird because yeah. I see Hollow Knight official soundtrack, and then I see Hollow Knight Gods and Nightmares, which also appears to be a soundtrack hmm. yeah it is okay but when i'm looking at how long to beat.com i'm seeing all kinds of dlc listed i'm seeing hollow knight hidden dreams hollow knight the grim trope hollow knight lifeblood and hollow knight Godmaster. so yeah it says uh the void heart edition's exclusive digital port that was announced on Let's see if it's got oh wait here we go here we go Oh, all these are free DLC. Godmaster, yeah, Lifeblood, The Grim yeah. Trope, and Hidden Dreams. Okay, so if you just buy the base game, you get all this DLC for free. Which is pretty nice. That's really nice, yeah. Man, some of this DLC that. looks pretty long. Yeah, I, I, I can't even get through the base game. I don't think I'll ever get through that DLC. <laughs> but it, it, this is a great story, though, because actually it's a, it's a was launched based on a Kickstarter. They're, they're originally a Kickstarter, and got funded and it now their people are clamoring for another hollow knight and it is on the way so good for them hmm. but that's all i got that's my uh that's my tough games to beat uh i think the only one i'll probably well, i'll probably go back to cuphead and hollow knight at some point but maybe not for a while <laughs> yeah all right man well i picked uh some ones to go through and these are all pre-dark souls so these are just yeah games that were hard because they're old difficult games so the first one very similar to ninja gaiden and that is devil may cry 3 now when the first devil may cry game came out i loved it it was published by capcom i believe i believe shinji mikami the guy we were talking about a few mm -hmm. episodes ago who just yeah. left his game studio. He worked on the Resident Evils. I think he worked on this, too. I think he did from when we were looking at that. Uh, Let me see. His I, wiki of what he's... I know somebody involved with Resident Evil branched off and made Devil May Cry. Let's see. I think it was him. He was the executive producer on it. Okay. 
Um, anyway, so I loved the first game. Played through it, beat it. Then they came out the sequel. I don't really remember the sequel all that much, other than I remember beating that as well. And I think I finished that at your house when we were kids. Um, and then Devil May Cry 3 was released. And naturally, I picked that up as well. And Devil May Cry 3 is on a whole nother difficulty level <laughs> compared to the first two games. I mean, they just took it to the point of insanity. And me and my buddy Okitas, the same guy that I was playing through the original Ninja Gaiden with trying to beat that, we mm -hmm. both sat down and took turns playing Devil May Cry 3 and tried to beat that game. And it was it was so, so, so brutal. And eventually we just gave up. I think we got stuck on one of the battles where you face Dante's brother, uh, Virgil. Anyway, so I never beat the third one, but I remember it being brutally difficult. And apparently Capcom eventually... The game was so difficult that Capcom eventually re-released the game as the special edition, which... To my understanding, tweaked some of the difficulty to make the game easier. So that's how brutal it was that they had to go back and re-release the game as an easier version. So that's that's the first one I picked. I mean, yeah, before you get, move on, I, I I feel like with the newer Devil May Cry's, they definitely lowered down the difficulties compared to the ones that were that were previous to it. Because I've played the newest one and I'm like. I could beat this one a lot simpler than, <laughs> than probably the, the previous ones. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, because I loved Devil May Cry 1 and 2. And then the third game, although it was fun, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And then yeah. when they released Devil May Cry 4, I played the demo of that on Xbox 360. And I'm just like, ah, it, it was just more of the same. And at that point, I was like, I'm burnt out on Devil May Cry. Mm -hmm. And then they re released the reboot the DMC Devil May Cry, which was yes another like origin story where Dante was young, and that was real fresh. That the gameplay on that was super fresh, and I played through that, and I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, that one was pretty critically acclaimed. I feel like they they did a really good job on that one. And then with um, with the latest one, I have a copy of that on PlayStation Four, but I have yet to give it a try. Well, look at that. That was crazy. Anyway, so, yeah, Devil May Cry 3 was one of my first choices. The next one is Red Faction. Now, this came out on PlayStation 2. I think it was a PlayStation 2 game first, and then that was then ported to PC. Which, which is kind of unusual, because I feel like back around 2001, it was typically the opposite you'd get a PC game that would then be ported to console. And because the consoles were so much weaker than than PCs, you'd get like a real stripped down version of it, which has a whole nother topic we should cover. But at some point, I think we should talk about that. Like nowadays, PC and console releases are one in the same. I mean, it's the same game. Yeah, you may be able to, to crank up the graphic settings on PC a little more than what they would be on PlayStation or Xbox, but right. the levels are the same. The gameplay is the same. It's, it's, it's one for one, 
but back in the late 90s, early 2000s, if a game came out on console and PC, chances are they were probably two completely different games. Or the console version was extremely compromised and stripped down to be able to run on like Xbox or PlayStation 2. Right. Anyway, like I was saying, this is the opposite. I think this was a PlayStation 2 game first, and then it was ported to PC. Uh, anybody correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I played through this on PlayStation 2. Well, I played the PlayStation 2 version of the game on PlayStation 3. But either way, it's essentially the PS2 version. Right. And this game, again, it was one of those situations I got so far in it. I'm like, I just got to finish it. But this game was so freaking difficult. It was just not well balanced. The enemies were really cheap. There's all these areas where you wouldn't even know where the enemy was and they would be able to one-shot kill you. Uh, yeah, it was just brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. And even the last boss battle was brutal. And after I finished it, I was like, oh man, thanks. Thank you, I'm done with this. I would not recommend this game to anybody, at least not the single player. I've heard the multiplayer is good, never played it, but single player campaign, don't even bother with this, man. It's just frustrating. That's it. Not fun. It is just 100% frustrating. No, we don't like games. They're just only frustrating. We play games for therapy. We don't uh, yeah. <laughs> have to frustrate us more. The only Red Faction game that I've played is Red Faction Guerrilla, which was a 360 game. It might have been released elsewhere, but my friends and I played a lot of that multiplayer, and that was a really good one, actually. Yeah. I never played the second one, but yeah. So I played Guerrilla before I ever played this one. Okay. And I loved Guerrilla. That was such a good game on 360. And that's what kind of prompted me to play this. I think... PlayStation 3 Network had one of its sales, and I'm pretty sure I got this game on PlayStation 3 for like a dollar. Man, they used to have these dollar sales all the time, and I freaking love those. I would go there, and then you had to load up at least $5. That was like the minimum money you could put on your PlayStation okay. Network account, and I would just get five $1 games every nice. time they had these dollar sales. Uh, I don't know, or they would they would be less than five dollars. They'd be anywhere from like a dollar to <clears throat> like two ninety nine or something. I feel like we could make it a whole topic on how the sales are just not as good as they used to be. Because even Steam sales nowadays are just not as good. Like Steam sales used to be like a a holiday, man. People would celebrate those Steam sales because they know games are tanking in price on those Steam sale days. But now there's like a there's a Steam sale every two months, and they're just not that great. They just kind of blend in with, you know, the regular sales that they have throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think long gone are the days of getting <clears throat> games for like five bucks or less. Everything now, it's like at best, it's going to be fifty percent off. Yeah, if you're lucky, that's like going to be the best deal. So anyway, don't recommend Red Faction One. Play Gorilla. Absolutely. And last but not least is another game from that same generation, which is the, the video game adaptation of John Carpenter's The Thing. Now, I was a huge fan of that movie. Still am. That's like one of the greatest horror movies of all time with some of the best special effects of all time. So that movie came out in the 80s. And then I think in like 2002, 2000. Three around that time, it was announced that 
they're making a video game adaptation of that. And this is like the perfect game or perfect movie to turn into a game. And I was super excited. I think I got the game pretty much day one when it released. And it was really difficult. I was a teenager at the time and I got kind of far in it, but it was just too much for me and I never finished it. And then just a few years ago, I picked up a copy of it for Xbox for like 10 bucks at one of the local retro video game stores. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play through this. I'm going to play through this and actually beat it. And the game starts out great when it shows you all the, the interesting mechanics that they basically adapted from the movie. Like there's this whole trust system where you, you're always, not always in a team, but sometimes you're in a team with other people and you don't know who's infected and who's oh. not. So you need these people to help you get through the level. But at some point, they could turn on you and turn into a monster. And it could be at a moment where you're real vulnerable. So it, it right. added an element of, of fear and uh, unexpectedness to the game. So all that was great. First couple levels, you're like, man, this is this is really cool. And then as the game progressed, it just got more and more just bogus, just cheap deaths. So <laughs> bad, man. And this is one of those games where you better save often and you better keep multiple save slots because you might screw yourself over to where you cannot beat the game and might have to restart. Like, it's that bad. That, a lot of old games did that, where you could you could accidentally play yourself into a corner where you cannot finish the game. So I had to keep multiple saves, and on plenty of occasions, I had to go way back to an earlier point or even a previous level just uh to make sure I had enough ammo and health to get me through what I didn't know was coming, like maybe some crazy right. boss or something. And towards the end, it just got worse and worse. I was like, dude, I'm so over it. I just want to finish this game. And I, I specifically remember one point in the game that was the most infuriating. Infuriating. I walked into a room, and the developers had put two automatic turrets on the wall of where you come in the door. So you're walking in the room, you would have no idea because you you can't see what's on the wall you're coming, you're passing into. Mm -hmm. So you just walk in the room and immediately get mowed down by turrets behind you. <laughs> I was like, dude, who who made this level and who did this sick joke right here? Honestly. Oh, that is like the cardinal sin of game, de game development. Like, do not have something just kill me from behind that I would have no idea that it it's there waiting for me. Man, I'm looking at this video and I, I it's kind of off topic, but I, I love the f old face models of uh, like original Xbox PlayStation games. They're so blocky and just funny looking, but they, they, they bring a lot of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, it's like the faces are just painted on a, a doll yeah. or something <laughs> yes <laughs> it's and it's so funny because um yeah back then that was that was super realistic i remember like playstation one and nintendo 64 era yeah it would just be like a flat flat polygon and they would just paint <laughs> the face on like on golden eye or something yep and uh, lots of times there was no animation. 
So if the character's talking, it just looks like a yeah, like a doll yeah, is just being just moving. moved around. <laughs> and then later on, like PlayStation 2, Xbox, original Xbox era, they actually would be able to move their lips or blink their eyes. And it's just like, whoa, that's incredible. Their lips are actually moving to what they're saying. And it wouldn't even be like actually 3D half the time. Half the time, it's just like a texture over them. And they're just going, it's like an animated texture almost. So. Yeah, they're not even really like... It doesn't even look like they're mouthing the words that they're saying, but just the fact that it was moving was good enough for us at the yeah. time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, graphics have come a long way. But even, but back then, it was it was brand new. Just to see something in 3D at all was incredible. Yeah. So Yeah, it's funny you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, bunch of difficult games. Uh, a lot of anger and frustration, but we still played them. Absolutely. All right, man. I think that should do it for this episode. We just uh, were hitting the one-hour mark. Covered some good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And thanks even more if you made it all the way to the end. You can find all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And we've got some other social media accounts. Mitch, want to let them know what those are? Absolutely, yeah. You can follow us on all our social media accounts, like Mike said. Uh, our Twitter is at the Hills Are Silent. Our our Instagram is Instagram backslash Hills Are Silent. Our TikTok is at the Hills Are Silent podcast, and our YouTube again is at the Hills Are Silent. If you have any questions or comments, game reviews, critiques, anything at all, come to our email inbox at uh, hillsaresilent at gmail.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.